says, no one can serve two masters, for either you'll hate the one and love the other, or else you'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God, and, and my translation says mammon, or it's material possessions, is what the word mammon is defined as. You can't serve God and material possessions, but the good thing is you can have both. You can have material possessions and know God. You just can't serve them both. Because serving God and living for God will produce certain results, but serving money and material possessions and living for them and that being your whole existence on the planet will produce some really ugly results. I can just tell you, just take my word for it. Verse 25, Therefore, I say to you, Don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, nor for your body, what you're going to put on, or how you're going to pay this thing or that thing, or how you're going to figure this out or that out. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? It's a question. What's the answer to that question? The answer is yes. There's more to life than the food you eat and the clothes you wear and the house you live in and the bills you pay. There's more to life than those kind of things. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are? Another question. Somebody answer the question. Well, are you? Are you of more value than the birds? I tell you, man, around my house, there are so many red birds. People have a lot of redbirds. Man, I mean, around our house, there are so many redbirds. And I sit out on my deck and just watch those redbirds. Like, really early in the morning, I can go out there, and there's just redbirds everywhere. Man, those guys are talking. I mean, they are talking. They've got their own language. They're branding tongues, you know. They, they, they talk in different kinds of tongues, but you can hear them, you know. And, and, and if, actually, if you sit there and you listen to those redbirds, you can get involved in their conversation. You can kind of go, wow, you know, they're, they're saying this, and, and, and I think that's what they're talking about, you know, and, 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 and then, you know, these hummingbirds will come, and, and the last two days, I filled up my hummingbird feeder, and, and I hung it out there, and then my wife says, honey, the hummingbird feeder is empty. I just filled it up. I know those hummingbirds didn't suck that thing dry. So I went back and I, and I filled it with water and I set it in my sink and I'm looking at it and I'm holding it and letting it, hold, you know, what's wrong? What, what, what's it doing? You know, I couldn't figure it out. No, it's good. So I went out and I hung it back out there and I sat there on the porch for probably 20 minutes just to make sure it wasn't leaking. No, it's good. <laughs> Later that night, my wife says, honey, the, the hummingbird feeder is empty. <laughs> and so what I, what I, figured out in my mind, there's nothing wrong with that hummingbird feeder. The red birds stole it all. That was what their conversation was about. They were plotting to rob my hummingbird feeder of sugar water. Anyway, <clears throat> I don't know where I got all that. I didn't have that in my notes. <clears throat> that, that wasn't in my notes. Therefore, he said, he said, look at the birds of the air. Look, watch those birds. How many watch birds? Okay. If you don't, you need to spend more time watching birds because you can learn from them. 
You can figure out where things go in your life. They steal them. <laughs> he said, see, that's why they're not, they're not upset and freaked out because they take things from us. See? He said, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, as Donna was talking about earlier. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Another question. You have to ask yourself, are you worth more than they are? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing or anything? Why do we worry about anything? In fact, there's another command in the Scripture, as she was talking about earlier. There's another command in the Scripture. There's a lot of commands, but another command. Be anxious or worried about nothing. And I'm telling you, he would never command us to do something that we didn't have the capability of doing. Worry about how much? Zero. Nothing. So he's asking these questions. Why are you worrying? Say, you know, what's it profiting you? Watch. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, do not worry saying. You worry by saying some stuff, right? Everybody gets stuff that comes across their mind, but the ones that say it are the ones that will worry. So when God's Word begins to come across your mind and comes up out of you, begin to say that and it will shut all the other stuff down. He said, so, so therefore, do not worry saying. What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? Where'd my sugar water go? What shall I wear? You know? I mean, worst case scenario, you just go buy another feeder. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to fret over it. You don't have to get mad and stir up strife and division and all that kind of stuff. You spend another 10 bucks and go buy another one. Right? There's so many things in life that want to stress us out and get us worrying and fearful and upset. And really, he... The command from God is worry about nothing. Be concerned about nothing in life. Well, but that's not responsible. Because most people have been taught if you don't worry, you're not responsible. No. You can take responsibility for specific things and follow through with it. But his command is we worry about nothing. Now watch. So he says, don't worry saying, what am I going to eat, drink, whatever. For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. Verse 33, and I'm going to read this in the Amplified. If you can switch that to the Amplified for me. Verse 33 in Matthew 6. But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, His kingdom and His righteousness. Okay? In the Amplified... His kingdom and His righteousness are defined in the parentheses. His way of doing, His way of doing, it's His kingdom, it's His domain. We do it His way, which is the right way, and we do it right. See? Because it all boils down with God is, you either do it His way 
or there is no other way. If you're going to get the results of God, you do it His way. It's God's way or no way. And, and you think, well, no, I can do it another way, but not get the results. Yeah, anybody can do it the other way. But learning how He does it and what's right so that we can do it the right way. The reason that people worry is because most people don't know it's wrong. So to do something right, you've got to know what the right thing is. And you and I have been created from within to be able to do not only what is right, but to do it the way that God does it. Man, how privileged are we to be able to live our life the way God would live life. As God is in the flesh, if He was in the flesh here, He's in the flesh through us, but if He was in the flesh and the way He would live, the way Jesus lived, and He never missed it, and He never sinned, and He never made a mistake on the planet, ever, that's the way, and He's that example, the way that you and I have been empowered to live in this world. Most people think we can't do it. Well, most people want to think about the fact that they're going to make mistakes anyway, so we might as well just make mistakes. And a lot of people think that way. Well, you're going to make mistakes anyway because nobody's perfect. How many believe that nobody is perfect? Okay, we're all in the same boat, right? Everybody knows nobody here is perfect. There's one perfect and one alone, right? But he's, he's the example. He's the mark. So every day, if you get up thinking you're going you're gonna to screw up anyway, so I might as well, man, that's, it's backwards thinking. We've got to wake up every day realizing he didn't, and he's empowered me with the same stuff that was inside of him. That same stuff is inside of me. Same Holy Ghost is on the inside of me. So he's empowered me to be able to go do what's right. So you can wake up every day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to do what's right because it's right. Amen? Well, what if I miss it? No, not what if, but when you miss it, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and through Him, you know what? You can ask for forgiveness, but you were already forgiven before you did it. Wow, come on. Hmm? Verse 34, Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry, uh, tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So don't worry about tomorrow is another command. Worry about nothing today and from yesterday, but then there's a command about not worrying about what you're going to face tomorrow, okay? But the key word that I want to look at from this passage right here and just look at tonight for a few minutes is the word righteousness. And righteousness is defined in verse 33 as being right, So if there's a right, then there's a wrong. And so, this will teach you right, and everything else will teach you wrong. Because because if God is right, 
then everything else is wrong. It's not God is right and this is kind of right. No. God is right and everything else is wrong. And the more we embrace that, the more we'll be drawn to it. How many want to just do wrong just for the sake of wrong? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) I mean, who wants to do... I mean, honestly, if you really sit down and you talk with people, I've never met anybody that just wants to do wrong just for the sake of wrong. We want to justify ourselves. Humanity wants to justify their position, and we don't want to be accused of doing something wrong. Then we want to get on the defense and blame other people. And Well, if they hadn't done this, then I wouldn't have done that kind of thing, right? But re- God built on the inside of us right. God's right, and everything and everybody else is wrong, right? So think about this. Instead of thinking about it from the perspective of, how wrong that everything is and all the mistakes that you've made, think about it like this. If you understand what's right and you do it, then you're right. (laughs) That's a good way to look at it. Because see, if I understand the one who is right and I make his ways a part of my life, then I'm right. And you know what? I can be not prideful about it, but I can be confident about the fact that I'm right when I know that what I'm doing is pleasing to Him. Now, I'm going somewhere with that, so follow with me. Four things that righteousness is, I want you to look at this. Number one is found in Romans 5 and verse 17. Romans 5 and 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned, that would be Adam, because of the mistakes that he made. If by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace, watch, and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. First thing I want to talk about is that righteousness is a gift. How many have ever labored for a gift? You've labored for a gift, then it wasn't a gift. I mean, you know, I mean, things that appeared to be gifts, you know, and you had to work for it, that wasn't a gift. One thing that you have to do for a gift, what's that? receive it. It's a gift. Righteousness is a gift. Being right is a gift. Understanding and having the ability to know what's right in your life is a gift. And not only that, but he said, if you'll receive the gift, then you'll reign in life. What does that mean? You'll overcome. You'll live on top and not underneath. You'll live with the power and the fire of God inside of you to conquer things instead of being conquered by circumstances. Righteousness is a gift. Amen? The second thing is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. For he made him, the Father made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Second thing I'm talking about righteousness that it is, is it's a process. What Jesus did for you and I established righteousness from a spiritual perspective. Now watch this. This is really good. Catch what I'm going to say right here. What Jesus did for you and I established us spiritually as righteous people. But he said in this verse of Scripture, and there's been much controversy over this passage of Scripture, what it really means. But when you understand that what Jesus accomplished, he accomplished in the Spirit. And what's being accomplished in the natural realm in our lives is our empowerment from what he accomplished and then we apply. Now watch, I'm going to read this again. Father made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become, process, the righteousness of God in Him. We might go from doing wrong to doing right. But how did He do it? He became sin. Now, you can really work hard at defining the word sin, but sin in its original state and nature, sin is disobedience. So what the Father did through Jesus is Jesus took all disobedience on Himself and the power that humanity would have to disobey and He destroyed it. And now through His sacrifice, And what he accomplished at the cross and to hell and he ascended up on high and he said this thing is finished now. Now what he's done is he's empowered you and I to leave disobedience and step into a realm of obedience. You don't have to continue to walk in disobedience. You don't have to continue to miss God and walk in what we call sin, you don't have to stay in that place because of what He accomplished. And it's a free gift. And if you receive it every day of your life, through the whole process of embracing who God is, you can live delivered from sin on a day-to-day basis. He delivered you from sin over 2,000 years ago, spiritually speaking. But listen, how many born-again people that have accepted Jesus still walk in disobedience? Well, the truth of the matter is, we all do. But we're not going to wake up every morning and say, "Ah, I'm going to disobey, so I might as well just kick the dog. (laughs) Right? I'm going to shoot my neighbor's window just just to be a piece of work. I'm going to sin anyway. I'm going to act like a jerk anyway today. I might as well just start out early. What a way to live. Right? No. No. We don't have to live like that. In fact, we can crucify those thoughts. Hmm? And do what's right. 
He's empowered us. It's a gift. It's a gift. Come on, somebody say it's a gift. Man, all you have to do for a gift is receive it if it's really a gift. Right? Third thing, Philippians 3, 9. Where am I going? Oh, yeah. Philippians 3 and 9. And that we be found in him, not having our own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. The righteousness which is from God. That we can be right from God. It's a gift and, and, and we're here to receive it. It's a process that we have to stay in. But when we come to a place that we know God is right and we embrace it, then we're right. Amen? And how do we do that? By faith, that we have faith in the fact that He overcame and that He positioned us and He has established us in this place to be what's right. I tell you, the world needs right. The world doesn't just need things that are good or half-cocked or half-baked. The world needs right, and they need to see people right, and they need to see people with a, with, in, in true humility confident that they're right and they're walking right. The whole world needs it. The whole world is lacking that. Because most people that think they're right, they're right in themselves. Notice what this verse said here. Be not found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. So there's a righteousness that people establish. Man, I'm a self-made man. I've pulled myself up by my own bootstrap. I'm a Texan. Um, I'm who I am, and I am, the, I am what I am because of me. That's not the righteousness of God. See, And it doesn't mean that you can't have confidence in your talents and abilities. Yeah, we, we have confidence. But everything that you have is on loan from God. I mean, from your ability, your mind, your brain, your attitude, everything you have is on loan from God. And if you don't learn what's right in God and you don't develop that, then you stay with your own stuff. And, and you can go look at this verse of Scripture, and it's, uh, it's in uh, Proverbs 1, towards the end of it. And it talks about those who eat the fruit of their own way. You don't want to eat the fruit of your own way. You want to eat the fruit of God. But it takes some work. It takes some work of staying in the process, receiving the gift, and allowing what you have that you know that it's from God. Amen? And then the fourth thing is found in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 30. 1 Corinthians 1 and 30. And this is just powerful. You, 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 you got to just close your eyes for a minute 
Close your eyes just for a minute and say to yourself, I'm, I'm going to catch this. I am going to catch this. Tell yourself you're going to catch this. Okay, let me ask you this. Are you born again? Don't, you don't have to answer, just I'm asking you the question. Are you born again? Jesus Christ is your Savior. He's alive on the inside of you. Then catch this right here. Verse 30. But of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became wisdom for us from God, and who became righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Jesus became right for me. He became righteousness. He became what is right. All that he went through, all that he produced, everything that happened in his life, and the three years of ministry, and the, and, and the beating, and the torturing, and the crucifixion, and the going to hell, and being raised on the third day, and sending at the right hand of the Father, and saying, it's finished, and sitting down, and completing this work, he became right for me. So when he left, he said, I'm leaving you a helper, Holy Ghost. He's going to come. He's going to live inside of you. And every day when you don't know what to do and you don't know what's right and you don't know how to figure certain things out, you just relax. See, because we've been commanded not to worry. And if we've been commanded not to worry, the only way you can not worry is to replace it with right. And Holy Ghost begins to reveal to you what's right in a situation and you just calmly do it. And you have access to that 24-7, 365 days a year for the rest of your life, you have access to the Holy Spirit revealing to you what is right because He became what's right for you. Wow. So, I'm going to command you with this verse of Scripture tonight. And it's found in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 34. Here's a command. If we can get that on the screen so we can read this together and make sure it says it the way I want it in that verse. Yeah. God, what a great verse. Ready? Let's read it together. Ready? Read. Awake unto righteousness and do not sin. That's it. That's it. Don't, don't think about the rest of it. Awake unto righteousness and sin not. That's a command. The only way that you cannot sin is to be awakened to what's right. Because when you don't know what to do and you don't know what's right or wrong, what needs to happen is there needs to be an illumination inside of you about what's right in a specific situation. We're not talking about just across the board. We're talking about every minute of every day and everything that you face. Somebody in your family's been irritating the crud out of you. I mean, they're irritating you. I mean, just, I mean, just every day you see their face. Somebody in your family, and they're bothering the heck out of you. 
and, and, and they're, they're saying things to you at different times and all you can do is remember the ugly things that they've said and done and, and you're really frustrated. You don't know what to do. But what, if you're in that position, what do you want to do? Tell me what you want to do. What does a person want to do? Hmm? Yeah, they want to be right by what? By retaliating. Let me give you a piece of my mind. That's what they don't need. And that's what you don't need to do. See? And so here you have a situation. Yeah, but Pastor, you don't know what they did. No, no, no. Talk to the hand. Talk to the hand of God. Amen? Talk to God about it. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I know what I have to deal with. I know what I've had to deal with. I know what in the future is going to be out there. But God's already been there. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow I've got enough stuff of its own. But you know what? I'll be there. In fact, in fact, the year 2028, January the 1st, has already been created. You knew that, right? God, God doesn't create days at 12 midnight. Two thousand and twenty-eight, January first has already been created, and he's already there, and you don't have to worry about it. Will I even be alive there? You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. If your if your faith and confidence is in God, and your heart is being led by God, you don't have to worry about two thousand and twenty-eight. You don't even have to worry about this moment. You stay focused on what God is saying to you, what he's going to help you through and get through that issue with that family member, that's more important than anything else because what if the year 2028 comes around and you're still ticked at the family member? I'm giving you some time to think about that one. You know what that means? You've been living really upset and you didn't have to because you have the power to do right hmm? and I can tell you that there have been many times I've had the power to do right and I didn't do but I have an advocate with the righteous with the father Jesus Christ the righteous one hmm? and through him as I repent and I change and I make the changes okay Old things are passed away and everything's brand new. That's where we have to live every day of our life. We have to wake unto righteousness and don't disobey. Let's say it like this. If you're aware of what's right, you have more power to do what's right instead of do what's wrong. Okay? I'm almost done. I've got to skip a few scriptures here. <laughs> Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Okay. So, go back to 2 Corinthians. I'm almost done. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 and verse 21 both. I just quoted this.
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Verse 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The greatest blessing of the new creation life is righteousness. The greatest blessing of the new creation life that you live is righteousness. The greatest blessing of being a new creation is being empowered to be able to do right instead of do wrong. It's the greatest blessing of being a new creation. I'm talking about in this world. You say, well, the greatest blessing is that, you know, I have a ticket to heaven or my my destination is heaven. Yeah, that's a great blessing. But the day after that happens, then what matters is, am I being equipped to get free from wrong so I can live in right? The greatest blessing in this life as a new creation is righteousness. Amen? And with that, I'll end with this, 1 Peter 2.24. I'll end with this. With that, and, and, and really along with it, or you can say the second greatest blessing, but really it's, it, you can't separate the two of them. 1 Peter 2 and 24 says this, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sin might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Connected to that greatest blessing of a new creation is the fact that we are healed. And my healing ability comes through my embracing of this free gift of righteousness. It's free. It's free. He's saying, I'm here to empower you to do what's right. When we read the scripture in, in uh, Matthew 6, all the things that he talked about in life that people struggle with, so many of them had to do with the body, what you eat, what you drink, and what you put on, and the things that you do with your physical body. As we do what's right in God with our physical bodies, as we do what's right with them, we walk in divine health. We walk in what He paid for. By His stripes, I'm healed. But if I choose to not embrace what is right in every area of my life and develop that process, it's a gift, but it's a process. I'm going to say it again. It's a gift, but it's a process. And if I don't stay in the process... And God doesn't tell you, okay, the, okay, Bert, there's 71 things I want you to figure out by next weekend. No, He just, he just tells you about one thing. Good, good. Now another thing. See, there's 9,042, but He just says this. Okay, one, okay, good. That's good. Now one more. Good. Now one and a half. Okay. Then another thing. So you just stay in the process of learning what's right so you're delivered from what's wrong. See? And that's the sin nature and consciousness that if we teach a little bit more on this next Wednesday, that's what we'll talk about. That's what he delivered me from is being conscience, conscious, conscious 
all the time of what's wrong instead of being conscious all the time of what's right. And when he delivers us, as we've been delivered of those things, there's no end to what can happen and be accomplished. The greatest blessing in the new creation is the power to be right. Dad, come. Man. Heavenly Father, tonight we thank you, we bless you, we honor you. Lord, we give you amazing praise tonight. Ha! Wow! How Jesus became right for us. Say this after me tonight. Jesus became right for me so I can do right. Mm -mm -mm. I leave you with that tonight. In the name of Jesus. Yes? I leave you with that tonight. Everybody stand. Be extremely blessed for the rest of the week and know and know that you're being prayed for and spoken over in this body and that we believe for great things for your life every single day. Amen? I'm telling you, you can't lose for winning.